Your time is now. The world needs leaders. It's up to you to answer the call. Be better in business. Be better in life. Joined by our host, Chris Book. This is Leading by the Book. Hey guys, welcome to Leading by the Book. I'm Chris Book. Hope your week's off to a great start. If you like the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe. Leave us a great rating and definitely spread the word to anyone and everyone that you think would like the show. We're always looking to add more people into the fold. If you want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Twitter at Chris Book, on LinkedIn, or you can drop me a line at leadingbythebook.com. On this show, we talk a lot about leadership. It's everything that the show is about. But we really need to understand how it manifests itself to fully grasp the impact that leadership has on you and your organization. So today, we're going to do just that. For the longest time, we were told simply to hire smart people, or as Steve Jobs said, hire smart people and have them tell you what to do. Yes, we do need to hire smart people, but they still need to be led and to be able to lead. And I've become increasingly convinced of this, as I've seen it manifested firsthand at many companies and many stops throughout my career. There is no link between smart people and success. The one difference, the single thing that determines whether or not something is successful, though, is leadership. To that end, I've learned that each and every problem we face is actually nothing more than a leadership problem. It's not a marketing problem. It's not an operations problem. It's not a finance problem. Every single time, you will find that it is nothing other than a leadership problem. So to help illustrate this, let's walk through an experience that I had this past week while doing some work on my home. I live close to two different competing home improvement box stores. I don't have a particular allegiance to one or the other, and by pure happenstance, I started my journey at Company A, as we'll refer to them, while I was looking for a few items. I'd researched them earlier that day online. I saw that they were listed as being in that store. So in a hurry to wrap things up at home, I actually did something I don't usually do, and I just drove to the store to pick the items up myself. So I entered the store, and first thing I saw, saw a multitude of employees standing around, chit-chatting in groups, not really doing anything, not making eye contact with anyone in the store, not being present, basically just passing the time and running the clock out. So as I went through the store, I soon realized that the items I saw online were actually not in the store at all, and I couldn't find anyone to help answer any questions that I had about these and other items. The store was a complete ghost town, despite the fact that you had employees chit-chatting in groups everywhere when I first entered the store. Nonetheless, I was pretty sure what I wanted, so I did what I'm now learning was the stupid thing, and I placed an order for the products online and decided to use in-store pickup. So here's where the real fun begins. I soon received an email that the items would not be available at that store for several weeks, despite my order and everything online, providing no indication before I actually had completed the transaction. So this began a chain of receiving several emails that my items were ready for pickup at the store, which were then soon followed by a trip to the store, where I actually found out that the items weren't delivered at all. And shortly after that, I would receive another email from the company stating that the companies, or excuse me, that the items were actually not ready for pickup at the store at all. This pattern repeated itself a few different times. But the kicker here is that in the email stating that the items had not in fact actually shipped, there was a little footnote at the bottom saying that I needed to call the company if I wanted to cancel the order, and that I needed to call the company if I wanted to keep the order, which makes no sense at all. 
So I would then call the company during their listed operating hours, and I would sit on hold for a very long period of time. Ultimately, nobody would ever answer the call, and I would hang up. So let's compare this to the other store where I ultimately went following this debacle. And eventually, I did get the order canceled. But eventually, I went to their competitor. And when I walked into this store, totally different experience. Every employee in that store was constantly busy but still managed to be right where you needed them to be and willing to answer any and all questions that you had at the drop of the hat. There was an energy in the store. There was an excitement in the store. And in some cases, when they actually didn't even have the item that I needed, they found a way for me to either get it through their company at a different store online or actually helped me find it in one case at a competitor's store. So it's clear that we have two very distinct experiences. One, very customer-centric, very positive, and leads itself to a long-term pattern of repeated business, and the other one where I'm running away trying to cancel the order with everything I've got. So if you look at the respective stock prices of these two companies, these two anonymous companies, it's clear that you're going to see a very strong performer and a very weak performer, and and that stock price certainly is indicative of that. And I think we also see that in the way these customers value these stores as well. But what really is the difference between these two stores? They sell the same product at the same price and in the same market. The stores, except for their main color and their logo, pretty much look the same. The operational model, the staffing, probably pretty much the same as well. And and on a spreadsheet, and we've talked about spreadsheets in the past, they're these false idols that most MBAs like to cling to. But on these spreadsheets, they're probably the same company if, if you really try to look at the numbers anyway. So why the different outcomes? How can this be? Leadership. You know I was going to say it. And the answer is plain and simple. It's leadership. So sure, there are probably some retail lessons to be had here surrounding customer experience and why it matters. But let's push that to the side for now and assume that we we all know about that. How do you actually cultivate an experience like this, though? If it's not about hiring the smartest people and putting good procedures in place, what can you do? You lead them. Many of us will likely look at these differences in these stores and think that they're caused by IT or marketing or operations or the list could go on. If you manage that way, if that's how you manage your company, you're going to be nothing more than an organization that looks to simply check boxes as being done rather than being an organization that is constantly thriving and finding excuses to be great. Excuses to be great. And that's the sweet spot. That's where you want to be. That's where you need to be. And if you want to be successful, that's where you have to be. Several years ago, I was working with an organization's user experience team for their online products. It was another retail organization. And I found error after error after error. And it drove me nuts. And I would constantly bring these up with the developers and the designers on this team. And they would always simply write back and tell me to ignore it because it was a, quote, edge case. And this is where I really learned this lesson that this wasn't a design issue, this this wasn't an anything issue other than the fact that there was not leadership in the team. It was not that it was filled with bad performers, they weren't lazy. It's because there wasn't leadership within the team to push them. And there wasn't leadership that was not going to acquiesce, or excuse me, that was going to acquiesce to anything that wasn't pixel perfect. Once again, we see each and every problem is a leadership problem. It really is that simple. It's not necessarily about the people and their individual skill sets. It's obviously about the people, but not their skill sets. 
It's about how they're led. It's about what you're willing to tolerate, what you're going to put up with, and what you're going to push your team to achieve. Without that, they're going to be going through that checklist saying, done, 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 and nothing is ever going to be great. You see, leadership is important because it provides the clarity that people really need when they want to know how and why their actions impact the company or are important to the company. Leadership educates so that people know what to do. They know what's expected of them. And leadership inspires so that people will go above and beyond. This is company B. This is the difference between company B and company A in that example I gave. It's leadership that allows each and every person in your company to operate as an individual so that they can contribute within a team rather than operating as some robotic, micromanaged drone that pumps out nothing more than C-plus work. This is how you get off the spreadsheet, and this is how you ignite passion and culture within the walls of your company. That is what you need if you want to be successful. You have to lead. So when your company has a problem, don't look into the weeds for the solution. Don't get bogged down with some very, very granular detail, because that's going to be a temporary fix at best. When you have a problem, you look to the company and the team's leadership. It's that simple. So from this example above, what can we learn? And I said it before, and I'll say it again. Any problem, each and every problem, in fact, is a leadership problem. Culture absolutely matters, and culture is created by effective leadership. Leaders that are directly in tune with the culture they're creating are those that are going to be the most successful. They have to have an understanding of the culture they're creating if they want to succeed. And in business and in life for that matter, you're not going to get second chances to do this. In the retail example above, we have constantly connected competitors, where, excuse me, customers, where competitors are only a click away. You're not going to get that second chance. You're not going to get it there, and you're not going to get it at any other example as well. And that is why leadership is so important. It is the best problem prevention device that you will ever have. It's the best insurance policy that you will ever have. And it is the only thing that will make or break your company's success. That's all we've got this week. I'd love to hear how you're putting leadership to work in your own life and in your own company. Get in touch with me at Chris Book on Twitter. Drop me a line at leadingbythebook.com. I love hearing from you guys. I've gotten so many great notes from you so far. So until next week, I'm wishing you all a wonderful week. Go have some fun. And we'll be back here next Monday.